Live from the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy. The only local show taking a principled stand on the issues of the day. This is how it happens. It's the natural process of things. The view of the entrenched is predictable, but it's also erroneous. With Sean Seacrease. We have an addiction in this country, not only to government welfare and government handouts, but more fundamentally to other people's money. And Quaid. Again, you're dancing with government. This is the morning meeting. You cannot continue to advocate for status quo when status quo has run the ship aground. On Talk Radio 930, WTAD. Try this. Stretching it all around today. What's going on? This is uh, 44 copies is what's going on. That's that's what happens uh, when that goes on. I got a question. It's the Friday morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Lean in. Um, You're a man of faith. Yeah. Did the rapture happen last night? (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Because here's the thing. I had a dream about it a few nights ago. Really? And only two people that I know, including you, were taken. You weren't taken. You were left behind with the rest of us. And uh, uh, most of us were, uh, of course, left scratching our heads like, what went wrong? Except for me. I I know exactly why I wasn't taken. But then I get in the uh, truck this morning, and there's no one on the roads on a Friday. Literally whole swaths of road where I was driving. I was the only one on the road. Mm -hmm. I have a a little tradition. There's a, a favorite coffee place I have that I go to on Friday mornings. And you could, it, it's always like a 20 minute wait, but I'm willing to do it. I'm listening to something in the car. Uh, it, and it, literally, no one was there. I drove right up to the order box and then drove right through. I'm like, did the rapture happen last night? Because I slept especially deep. So I thought it would be the perfect night. Uh, I slept deeper last night, uh, too. I don't know that that means it's the perfect night for the rapture. I don't know. Corroboration. I'm going to take that. <laughs> okay. Anybody, have you, obviously you weren't worried about a whole lot of people. Did you start, you know, checking everybody in your phone to see if they were up and about? and Or do you just assume that they're not going to be, no. take it either? My friends? Are you kidding me? Oh, you know. They're going to be left. I'm going to have plenty of friends still left when the rapture happens. Let's just put it that okay. way. There would be only two people that probably would be, I'd be worried about going. One of them I would miss terribly. The rest of them would just annoy me. <laughs> At that point, because we're still here. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Interesting last night in Springfield. It was the debate between uh, Mark Kirk and Tammy Duckworth. This pretty much set up the tone for the entire night. Josh, go ahead and hit me with that highlight from the debate last night at the University of Illinois Springfield. This is Mark Kirk responding to Tammy Duckworth, trying to be funny and cutting at the same moment. But then it just kind of got crickets. I had forgotten uh, that your uh, parents came all the way from Thailand to serve George Washington. What? Yep, that's right. They were talking. Uh, Duckworth was uh, outlining her family's proud military history serving the U.S. And uh, she said they, they, they trace it all the way back to the beginning. And uh, Mark Kirk said, yes, you're right. I forgot your, your heritage came over from Thailand to serve General Washington. In the Revolutionary War, that had that had liberal pundits uh, everywhere, as you might imagine, out of bounds. Well, mean. 
Well, this is out of bounds to me, but I, I don't know. Could the could the Asian factor of her heritage happened after that? I mean, seriously, did it have to? Did, did the Asian part have to be there with General Washington? Does does, does yeah, Mark said, Kirk think that that's how that works? All I I mean, the only other thing Kirk could have said was Pixar. It doesn't count. <laughs> I guess maybe it would be paintings, or it doesn't count from that era. That was the picture just, of the era. Come on. Yeah, other than that, that kind of set the tone for, for what it was last night. That's lots, not a good tone. No, no. Lots of talk about the VA, both, of course, being uh, being highly involved. Kirk, with, with his work, uh, Duckworth is a veteran. Uh, Kirk invited the whistleblowers that filed suit against Duckworth to it and sat him in the front row. Mm -hmm. So this was already kind of a contentious beginning to this. Uh, Both both were – how do I want to say this? Both were uh, acquiescent to the other's sort of ability to do their job. They didn't attack each other the way that we've seen the presidential candidates do it, in that uh, he's deranged or, you know, she's a complete crony and and not able to do the job. Both – conceded that the other were, were capable of doing their job. But it was it was just a lot of, of bickering to, in, in my mind. There weren't a lot of substantive issues and, and, and agendas. Sure, they gave a, a cursory note to what they'd like to get done as, as senator. But, I, again, it didn't move the needle, I think, for anyone who didn't know who they wanted to vote for going into this if, if, you even took the time to watch it or watch any of it. I watched uh, probably about two-thirds of it, I would say. Uh, and, and again, that, that's the thing. We live in a world where if you want something like this, you're going to have to go seek it out. But at least you can now. Online, Yeah, you can. 20 years ago to do this, you would have had to load up the fun wagon and go to Springfield. Uh, All right. Sorry, kids. Park's closed. There's something to be said for loading up the fun wagon. At least now you can just grab your tablet or your phone or whatever. Uh, and, and watch it. So we, we do have more access now than we've had in the past. But did w- what what good was it, I guess, is my question. You have that access and you could watch it. But what did you learn? If, if you're a Duckworth supporter, you learn that uh, Kirk's a, a squishy rhino. And if you're a Kirk supporter, uh, you learn that uh, Duckworth can come off as petty as well. And uh, you were constantly reminded about the lawsuit filed against her by, by the whistleblowers in the crowd. So... Did it, did it really move the needle on anything? And, and to that end, are we just too hyper-partisan now for the needle to be moved through a debate? You have people throwing red meat to their audience. No one gets contemplative. No one, no one because of the 24-7 news cycle, can surprise or inspire. Anything that they're going to bring out has been group-tested and focus-tested. It's almost, it's almost as if you know. It's like, it's like being handed the script for the movie that you're still going to pay to go see. Ooh, that explosion was a little cooler than it read on the page. Ooh, yeah, yeah. his eyes glinted a little more than they hinted at in the script. But otherwise, it was kind of ABC notes all the way through. Uh, well, if you and, and this goes to, I would say, political parties kind of handpicking the people that they want to run in certain cases so that there aren't any surprise what, what do we talk about here at the estates we we have to have knowns and givens and tammy duckworth and mark kirk are both of those uh in in this particular 
situation. The, people in, in charge of uh, political parties who run the, they don't want to be surprised by loose cannons. Mm-mm. So these people are who they are. It's not a surprise. And they aren't going to be ones who all of a sudden get out outside themselves and try and become something different. Right. And we've talked about this before. Agree or disagree with some, most, or all of Donald Trump's message, this is part of the refreshment factor Oh, it's, when it comes to him is because he's not a focus group tested scripted speaker mm-hmm. or politician. It, but it's why uh, people are drawn to it. It's why people can be drawn to him. It's also, let's be honest, when he has tough times and gets himself in trouble, a lot of it's because mm-hmm. he's not a focus group and, sure. and polished speaker. So it, it cuts both ways, but it's almost <laughs> we haven't been cutting with the just to use a, a quick term. We haven't been cutting with the left hand for so long. We're so tired of the right hand. Oh, look, we're using the left hand. Oh, it, it cuts from a different angle. Well, now we're going to make fun of that because this isn't what we're used to. And mm-hmm. what do we do? We, we decry the polished focus group tested speaker and then you get someone who's not and then we tear him apart because he's not polished. That that makes us really. I think it makes us children. Yeah, yeah. I put put something in front of me. I don't like that. Put something different in front of me. I don't like that either. Keep putting things in front of me until uh, you you hit my happy spot. I'm probably not right. gonna like that. We've either. talked about this yeah. before. Now you're the significant other who doesn't want to say where you want to go to dinner, and you expect the other one to keep throwing ideas out for you to veto <laughs> until they get to the one you want because you didn't want to say it something anyway. Because either you're unmotivated or passive aggressive or don't be, whatever it is. Not only don't be that voter, don't be that person. Yeah, just don't be that person in general. All right, that was Kirk Duckworth last night. A lot of uh, heavy I like hitters. That. I like that. If if you have no idea what what we were just talking about, you think you might think Kirk Duckworth is a person. Or something you could order. (laughs) I'll have the Kirk Duckworth. (laughs) Heavy hitters all around Missouri today and tomorrow. Uh, Kander is going to be in Hannibal at the IBEW Hall today at 1 o'clock. Jason Kander. Making Mm -hmm. his pinch, yes. Uh, Senator Blunt is going to be at the Marion County GOP headquarters tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Okay. Also tomorrow, in Hannibal, you yeah. want to uh, see Roy Blunt and uh, Joe Wait, Biden. Han- it's Hannibal, right? Yeah, it's tomorrow okay. in Hannibal. Blunt tomorrow, Hannibal, Marion County GOP headquarters, 1 o'clock. And the vice president himself, Uncle Joe, is in St. Louis for Jason Kander today doing a big uh, campaigning, At... a big campaigning stop. I didn't, I didn't look. Yeah. I didn't figure okay. anybody was, again, packing up the fun wagon. <laughs> And heading down at a moment's notice today. Okay, there's something to be said for if you're up gonna, the fun wagon. If you're gonna if you're gonna dole out the number that they want for the donation for the ticket, you probably already know you were. Oh, going. okay. So this isn't a, a, a uh, an appearance. I where believe it's you can just both. like wander into like I believe Plaza. It, right. I believe there is a campaign stop, and then of course they'll have a a fundraiser opportunity uh, tagged onto that. I'd imagine. All right. Okay. So that's going on today. Joe Biden in St. Louis on behalf of Jason Kander. So you looking at these last minutes. Uh, sort of political rallies, uh, meet and greets, however you want to say it, the last minute kind of pitch for your vote. This goes to how contentious and how close this race is that you have major candidates coming to, let's face it, we're just hicks out here in the sticks, right, when it comes to number of votes per population mm-hmm. and when those votes are important. That right. tells you how close the race is. They, well, they want to spend time, money, and effort from their campaign canvassing 
a, a smaller population segment of the states, then that's how, that's how close it is, and that's how much your vote matters this year. As evidenced by the fact that uh, both Donald Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton are going to be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa today. It mm-hmm. seems like week after week, we have to go back to the same thing with Craig Robinson. The media says that Iowa is in play, and Craig uh, tries to rebut that. <laughs> uh, we'll, do, we'll do that dance again with him today. He knows say, the steps, and he'll probably be exasperated, but we're going to go there. Yeah, we've got a guy in Iowa, so we can talk about that. The latest poll numbers, Quinnipiac, Des Moines Register, have Trump up between one and four. There's another sort of outlier poll that has that as a tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig has said the polling numbers have kind of been running behind sentiment in Iowa and that he thinks it's going to go Trump. He, he in a way, echoed what Aaron Baker said yep. yesterday in that the the polls are, are necessarily, it takes time to do them, uh, to collate them, and then publish the information, and they tend to be lagging and underselling the momentum that Republicans are grabbing right now just because of some of the disastrous uh, releases that have come out the Democrats uh, from the top down have have had to deal with as far as WikiLeaks and other things uh, along the way. So we'll talk with Craig Robinsons about that uh, in just a bit here on the morning meeting and reinforcing uh, what Aaron Baker talked about yesterday. It looks like we're closely, uh, we're we're imminently, I should say, uh, looking at a coin flip for Missouri Governor Greitens continues to close Coster's lead. Uh, it is now under the margin of error uh, in both polls that have uh, refreshed and come out within the last couple of days. Yeah, that that implies a uh, either a, either a a Coster breakdown or a Greitens momentum surge uh, over the last uh, week, ten days or so. so I, I think it's significant when you consider we've only got eleven days until uh, the masses vote. Coming up this morning, Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, but uh, something a bit different next. And thanks to Quaid for starting it with the affirmation that uh, the rapture didn't happen last night or else this would have been a way different show. It's the morning meeting on WTAD. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. This is Mark Levin, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAP. All right, thanks to hard work by producer Josh. We're aligned the way we should be now here on The Morning Meeting. That's one of those between-the-segment segments that we could never publish. Like, even when you're, like, a podcast, you have the Patreon stretch goals. Like, you can't even include that not segment. A, not a bit. In, in that. Producer the way, Josh the, would have been fired for racism. The last line of the uh, the lyric was, because uh, it's all whoa, there were. don't say that. Whoa. <laughs> Hold on. Whoa. <laughs> No, no. You, you were you were no. you were hitting some some uh, rap jig. <laughs> Doctor Dre started the show. Been there, done that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, what la- what well, is the last line? last line was uh, was because uh, that's all they're worth. All right, wrapping up all the yeah. answers. I was kind of yeah. I was kind I got the meaning right. I I maybe got a couple of the words here and there wrong, but you understood. Why was right. that on your mind? This right. I don't know, but it, it it's been it's been kicking around my brain for the last couple of hours. What are we doing? I think it was because when I was uh, putting things together, getting ready for the uh, the 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 pre-show in video invite, uh, I, I was feeling bad because we're gonna go back and do this with Craig for like the fourth week in a row. 
Yeah, we get, just keep treading the same ground. But you're right. It's weird. You get in those situations. When I was driving around this morning mentioning, did the rapture happen? All of a sudden, Hendricks, when Christ Mary leaps into my mind, and now I've got it going Interesting. on the same track. What it, it, what'll, be, what'll be really weird is if Craig starts uh, busting off some Dr. Dre at us uh, when we bring it to him again. <laughs> that Then then we'll know that there's some chicanery going on. <laughs> I'd be impressed. I'd, I'd actually be impressed. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, it's the morning meeting. It's a Friday edition. You never know what's going to happen here on the morning meeting. Uh, we've been so jam-packed with things that uh, I wanted to bring this up when news came out literally a week ago. But uh, we can get to it this week because this dovetails with a number of things that have been going on. Okay. So the uh, Obama-Clinton agenda is based on the fact that, well, at least they're selling it to us, based on the fact that socialized European medicine is a better answer for healthcare in a country than the capitalist free market that we'd had here since the inception of, of the modern era, correct? So they, they might be selling you that much like a, a used car salesman kind of sells you something that looks nice but doesn't run so well. Because they know they're going to get more business in the future, right? If Whether they were selling that to you as far as healthcare because they believed that's what the case was or because it then they knew was going to fail and would set up the move to single payer, which was their ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Either way, this is how they're selling it to you right now. So we have uh, this, this bent toward uh, European socialized medicine. You have a move toward a more socialized approach uh, to care for the populace in general with the uh, with the Clinton campaign. You see this with higher taxes, redistribution, some of the other uh, you could you could say it's not Soviet style communism. I think of this as more of kind of a French socialism uh, that we've seen. So are we next going to adopt their more liberal trends towards sex? You're going to have to be more specific. Facebook a week ago announced they're planning on relaxing their standards of what it's okay to publish on uh, one of the leading social networking sites in the country, that they may lift their ban on racier content and images. Essentially, if you'll allow me to be blunt, they're debating freeing the nipple. Okay. I, I guess I'd never thought about it. Because is this a trend I, is, toward... Is it, because this I, is something, I don't know this anybody is, in my Facebook friends who's... First of all, I don't want to see any topless photos of you, bud. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know anybody who's who's thinks first that their life all, is less right. because they can't... First of all, this is one of those laws of unintended consequences. It's kind of like going to a nude beach. You never quite get what you're hoping you would get. Well, that's life. Secondly... This is, is this, I think to me, the more interesting conversation is, is this a further adoption of a European-style attitude when it comes to uh, free health care, socialized health care? Are we just getting freer about things? Because you you have different uh, community standards, so to speak, in those markets. If you've ever watched, uh, you know, the, the, you know, commercials from around the world type thing, you see a much freer attitude and use of of sex, to be frank, and, and how it's used to, to market things, how it's used not not only in a, in a, in a romantic, erotic way, but uh, as comedy relief and, and other things along the way. Are we starting to drift that way in this country? Because we have very conservative Puritan roots. 
And are we are is is this move toward a more European style when it comes to uh, taxes and, and, and government health care? Are we drifting that way overall with our mentality? And, and is this European style uh, identification of, of sexuality and, and its use and some would say exploitation? Is that sort of the next phase that we're going to move to? Uh, it was it, and I'm probably going to misapply this, but I think it was uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan who said uh, we we have that uh, defining deviancy down. And I would tell you that this trend has been going on for the last several years as far as uh, media content and what's permissible uh, on air. Things certainly that, with language, things that we've we, noticed that since we were young, right? With the the words that you get away with now, it's not just. The famous George Carlin list anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we're, we've been on this path. Mm-hmm. It's just you're pointing out that Facebook path, is saying slippery we're, slope. we're getting ready to pass a particular mile marker uh, right now in, sure. in, in, in our hellbound handbasket, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are we riding or pushing? I can't remember. Now, it, <laughs> Are we riding in or pushing? I hope we're not pushing. Uh, there, there are probably some people who think that, view, right? that, that the two of us are behind all of this, uh, right. giving big shoves, so, right? You like, know. like Obi Wan and Anakin. It depends on your point, a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. But, but, but uh, as long as I don't know, as long as there are still options. I mean, nobody's forcing you to watch. Uh, these things and 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 really in a world where yet but you also could say the content you know and i'm not just saying facebook but 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 you know it it is Mm -hmm. if there's pretty much whatever you want is available the only the only hole in that bucket of the nobody is forcing you i think you have to throw a yet because i would agree with that argument until the commerce clause was completely ignored and the centralized federal government was allowed to force us to participate in a health care system against our will. That's how the federal government force annexed one-sixth of the economy, well, by, getting, by getting this one sympathetic judge on the Supreme Court to change a word inside Obamacare yeah. so that now they can, they can force participation for the first time in history of and, this country. They can force you into a contract or or force you know you to uh, apply taxes towards mm-hmm. abortion so yeah so i under, i understand that i think where we're at here is a ways from that uh at least at this point in time you've got free will to not have to look at a nipple i guess it's you know i, I again i'm i'm left with is this really what what facebook is missing it's just really the the last thing, you know. If 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 only there could be nudity on Facebook, my life would be complete. Look, I'm not on it, and this isn't going to get me on it. <laughs> so I'll just put it to you that way. All right, all right. We'll ask Craig if his clicks would go up if he was allowed to take his shirt off on Facebook. Craig no! Robinson, the Iowa Republican and the misnomer of an Iowa in play. We'll talk with him next on the morning meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD.
the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Quaid, Craig Robinson. Oh, oh, yeah, you know it's a fizzy beverage Friday when we have Craig on the show. Craig, uh, uh, Quaid has been distracted looking up rap lyrics all morning here on the show, so we don't know where this is going to go. So thank you for your time ahead of time. Um, Iowa. The uh, the establishment, the media establishment, continues their polling, which admittedly has lagged behind recent trends, but they want to continue to say that Iowa is in play. I almost feel bad having you retread this ground every week, but I feel like it's <laughs> something we have to talk about considering that we are now 11 days out from Election Day. So in your estimation, what the numbers you're seeing and just your knowledge of how the people of Iowa tend to vote, a state that loves its Chuck Grassley, is Iowa really in play, or is this the media just trying to make hay? Well, look, Iowa is a battleground state, so it's not like someone's going to run away and hide uh, with this. Uh, what we haven't seen lately, and for about a month, has been a credible poll of Iowa. Well, we got that this week with the Quinnipiac poll that shows it um, all tied up, I think, 44 apiece uh, between uh, Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton. I think that's about right, and I think that, I mean, the amazing thing is, is after everything that's happened to Donald Trump in the last 10 days, um, the fact that that she's not leading um, tells me I still think Iowa, at the end of the day, is going to be a red state. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us this morning on the morning meeting. So, Craig, what makes Iowa different in this tri-state? Missouri, solidly Republican. Illinois is going to go for Hillary, but you have the enormous poll of the Chicagoland, Collar County area that overrides the redness of, of really the rest of the downstate. So we understand the the uh, metrics at play in those situations. Iowa, part of that same middle America body, so to speak. What makes Iowa kind of different from its two neighbors here in the tri-states? Well, I, I don't know if it's really all that different. I mean, I think Iowa feels very much the same way as both states. Uh, and then we have Des Moines, which is, you know, it's, look, it's not Chicago, uh, but still, when you take Des Moines and Cedar Rapids and Dubuque and, and uh, Iowa City and, and, and Davenport, you know, that, that is the Democrat Party. That's where they all are at. Um, that's where all their numbers come from. And so in presidential elections, you know, especially with Obama, he was able to drill deep into those communities. And, and get turnout. We Look, Democrats are still only at about 85% of the absentees that they had in, in 08 and, 012, and in 2012. And so um, Hillary hasn't been able to dig deep in those areas. And so I still think that is a sign of a lack of enthusiasm and, and, and all of that. And so, again, I, I also think the difference with Iowa, too, is the message matters. You know, Trump is a more blue-collar fair trader, um, you know, and, and I think his style and bravado speaks to those um, blue-collar workers along the, the, you know, in eastern Iowa, which is where most of these presidential elections are lost. I think his message um, appeals to those people more than Hillary Clinton's message does, and so I think that's why we're a little bit different. Yeah, I like, previously, Craig, you had said that Iowa is like a, a shrunk-down version of of the United States uh, itself. And when Sean asked the question, I thought, well, that's the obvious answer, is that Iowa's a whole lot like the country itself, and things uh, tend to be close. But that also that also uh, 
kind of uh, works against the fact that uh, the media seems to think that Hillary, for the most part, they, they, their message has been that she's got this locked down, and now they're focusing on down-ballot races. If that's the well, case, she wouldn't be in Iowa today. Let, let, let's talk about this for a little bit. Here's the thing. The media has finally been able to convince itself and other elites and the establishments of both parties that it's over. But I think if you talk to, you know, your average Joe worker out there, someone who doesn't live and die on a Twitter feed full of political reporters and pundits, um, I, I think you would get a much different story. And so, again, I think we fall into this trap, and the media has fallen into this trap, of applying conventional wisdom, everything we know from other elections. Now they finally got people to say, yep, you can't win. And, and I, again, I think that's really risky. I don't know if I, I, I'm comfortable saying uh, that conventional wisdom uh, now suddenly makes sense to apply to Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah you, the, you, the voter suppression has been uh, something that's uh, been brought about in, in a large way over the last eh, several days. And when you say that there really isn't a competition, isn't that aren't you suppressing the vote of your own side by saying it's already over? Absolutely. I, I, I'm one that thinks that the Democrats have made a mistake here uh, by, you know, look, if you're a Bernie supporter, I mean, doesn't this impact those Bernie Sanders supporters who have never felt welcome to Clinton? And so now they feel like, hey, she's got it won anyway, so I, I'm not going to turn out because, you know, she doesn't really speak for me uh, and the policies that I want to see anyway. So if she's got it won, then I don't feel bad about skipping this one. I think it's real dangerous. And um, it could help Trump at the end of the day. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, our guest this morning on the morning meeting. Craig, am I too simplistic to think that the ground that Trump has made up in in polling across the country is simply because of the headwind that Hillary's run into in the form of some disastrous admissions from the uh, administration in the form of the uh, double-digit rate hikes coming for Obamacare and and how that uh, leaking ship is actually going down right now, uh, coupled with some WikiLeaks releases? This doesn't seem to me to be something Trump has necessarily inspired or worked for. Rather, he's just been the recipient of some some terribly bad-timed releases that she's had to deal with and has, frankly, maybe swayed some independent voters that four more years of this administration probably isn't the way to go. Well, look, I think timing is everything in politics, and it does seem uh, kind of ironic that all of a sudden, you know, everything they've blasted uh, Donald Trump about his taxes and oh my God, all the all of his connections and all of this money and we don't know anything. Then suddenly, you know, it all comes out about Bill Clinton Inc. and how these foreign governments cozied up to get closer to her. I mean, so all these attacks, I think now they they've conditioned the voter to care about this stuff. Well, now we're talking about it with her. And uh, and again, it's funny. I was on a panel up here um, this weekend. Uh, and it was the Obamacare rating that came up. And everyone on the panel said, yeah, it's really not going to matter. And I said, now, time out, guys. Let's think about this for a second. Will it change the outcome of the election? Maybe not. But I do think it matters. And the reason it matters is everyone understands that this is a pocketbook issue that impacts them. And so you don't need Donald Trump to drive this message home. Everyone already gets it. And then I've had these Democrats try to explain, like, it really doesn't matter. I mean, 
he had double-digit rate increases before Obamacare, so what's the big deal if we have them now? And it's like, well, wait a minute. You, this is named the Affordable Care Act. I mean, this is the exact thing it was supposed to fix, and it's not. And I, I think the American public gets that. And I think especially those people who, you know, are more prone to vote for Donald Trump, I think this might be a deciding factor if they kind of gotten leery. Uh, maybe this brings them back on board. Greg Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Something Trump has done to try and woo voters is release his plan for his first 100 days in office. We talked about this in depth earlier this week on the show Wednesday with Dwayne Lester. If you want to go back and get that episode of the show. Craig, I realized that this plan wasn't meant to woo uh, hard libertarian slash conservatives like myself. This was aimed more at the middle ground at independence. To me, it backed up the, the role of Trump being a populist. Why didn't he release something like that prior to the last debate? Was he afraid to be uh, questioned at length on it? It seems like this is something that has won him some some eyes from undecideds or independents along the way, uh, even though a lot of people on the further right aren't going to agree with this up and down the agenda. It's still better than what we've heard, I think, from Hillary. Yeah, look, I think that... I question a lot of things, why the Trump campaign hasn't done them or why they waited. And and part of that is, is you know, I mean, I'm one that thinks he's run some fantastic TV ads and, uh, as of late. And where were those for the last three months? Like, that's something he could have really pounded home uh, that would have maybe inoculated him from some of the attacks and criticisms. Um, and we just didn't see it until really it was too late. So... Um, again, I, I just think this is a, the this is what happens when you change course in your campaign in terms of leadership, time and time again. And so the, these are some of the prices that you pay for that. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us uh, this morning on the morning meeting. Craig, uh, we were talking yesterday that Missouri, and, and I want to get down ballot, that Missouri is in a situation where they have one Republican senator, one Democrat senator, uh, their governor is uh, a a democrat but the race for governor could go either way but further down than that when you talk about getting to the state capitol republicans enjoy a super majority and they might add to that is iowa in a in a similar situation where uh people uh you know uh down ballot is looking much more red than the top of the ballot yeah and this is democrat just finally started getting wonderful I mean, we have a scenario in Iowa where Donald Trump could get beat and, uh, and Republicans could win back uh, control of the Iowa Senate, which would give them the governor's office and both chambers, and they might lose some House seats. But people still, I mean, Democrats would have to have a huge wave election to, to win control of the House in Iowa. And so you're really looking at, and we could keep David Young and, and Rod Blum as our, our congressman. We could easily reelect him. And so you're looking at Iowa could be a very red state after this election. And I thought it was odd, so I started to look back. And when you look back at the 1996 election, Bob Dole got 37% in Iowa. And yet Republicans took the state Senate. I think we're going to look at a very similar thing in this election. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us this morning on the morning meeting. All right, Craig, let, let's get deep and, and go where that takes us. Do we just want 
our states individually to do different things than we expect from the federal government? Because we've seen at the federal level uh, an increasingly uh, democratic hold on leadership. Uh, Obviously, the House is still very Republican, but you've seen Democrats make inroads at the federal level. But you look at Missouri, you look at Iowa. These are Republican-dominated states. And Illinois is very outside Chicago in the collar counties, Republican-dominated. We know about the Madigan phenomenon. But do we expect different things from our state level, from the federal level? Is that why we see this dichotomy when it comes to which party is in power? No, not at all. The reason you see it is is simply because of of demographics. When, you know, these legislative districts, all the Senate districts that I'm talking about all have a Republican voter registration advantage, but they're all rural. Um, all, every district that Republicans need in Iowa, is they're all rural. And so you look at how state legislatures are made up, the, there's a balance. They're balanced between rural and, and uh, urban areas, whereas in a, in a statewide election, like a presidential election or a gubernatorial election, it's more... Um, uh, that's where Democrats can win uh, because of the influx of votes in these urban areas. So what you're seeing is just how how we stick together um, federal elections versus state and local elections. Um, that's why we see the difference in the makeup. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican. If Craig sounds much more relaxed this week, it's not just your imagination. It is a mercy week with Iowa getting a bye before having to take on two top 25 teams back-to-back in Penn State and Michigan. Craig, are, are you just relaxed because you don't have to worry about a loss this week, or are you using this week to prep for Penn State? Um, we will knock off one of these teams, um, but... You know, it's been a rough year for, for Hawkeye football fans. I'll, I'll be the first to say that. So if you knock off one of these two, do you then worry about dropping that game to Illinois three weeks from now? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> the lovely Look, Smith I mean, era taking its toll on, on Iowa. We were spoiled last year. And, and now you're looking at a season where at, maybe at worst it's a 500 season. And that's just – look, we thought we were beyond that. We thought we were part of the club. And then – you know, we're, we're reminded that, no, not really. So Iowa not quite able to get past the velvet rope this year in, uh, in college right. football. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican. Craig, thank you so Thanks, much. Craig. Next week will be just a few days out from Election Day, so it should be a lot of fun. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, theiowarepublican.com. We'll wrap it up next on The Morning Meeting. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Because it would cost more right, if to have people going around proactively. Right. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. In the mm-hmm. last two days, I've been the squeaky wheel. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Quaid with you. Just a couple of minutes to wrap up this morning. Reminder about uh, the candidates that are going to be near you. Uh, candor today in Hannibal at the IBEW Hall, 1 o'clock. That's coming up in uh, just a couple hours. You can, uh, you can listen to the podcast of the show in case you missed anything while you eat lunch. 
and then you'll be ready to go for his appearance okay. at the IBEW Hall. 1 o'clock, Roy Blunt tomorrow, Marion County GOP headquarters. That's going to be at 1 o'clock as well in Hannibal. And then uh, Joe Biden's actually in St. Louis uh, working for Candor today. That's a Senate race in Missouri. Something else. I mean, we, it looked like Blunt was going to be not untouchable, but safe. And now they've really, this is coming down to the wire so much so that uh, Aaron Baker making, mentioned yesterday, Blunt's had to come out with some, instead of trying to be egalitarian and above the fray, it's gotten close enough that he's had to come out and throw some punches. Yeah. And, uh, and he's done so. And this, we talked uh, several weeks ago now how the governor's race in Missouri had had garnered the most money spent, mm-hmm. money flowing into the show-me state for the governor. Now the, the crazy money is flowing in to the show-me state for this Senate, Senate race yeah. uh, as well. So I... Well, and the other thing, remember, that, that Aaron Baker mentioned yesterday, and I think this gets lost in the face value of a campaign contribution limit amendment, he, it wouldn't have limited money in this race a, a dime. And he's estimating, what, $40 million is being spent for this Senate seat? I when you so. combine both sides mm, yeah, okay. and what they're spending. So a, a campaign finance reform type amendment would not have limited any of the money that's being spent in that race. So beware of the sort of law of unintended consequences when you have issues, amendments, uh, oh. uh, props on your on your ballot coming up uh, a week from Tuesday. Other than that, have fun this weekend. Now, Illinois and Missouri, both in the uh, football playoffs beginning this weekend. Blue Devils of Quincy High take on Willowbrook tomorrow afternoon, one mm-hmm. thirty, Flynn Stadium. That's going to be on our sister station, 105.9 KZZK. And uh, coming up this evening, it is going to be a Quincy Notre Dame soccer taking on Washington in Morton. That's a six o'clock kickoff. Where's Washington? Uh, well, if you go east, it's in D.C. There, I, this I, is different. But I Washington. mean, here in Illinois, I don't know. Okay, I just I don't find know. it interesting not, that they're playing in Morton. I'm not a geographical savant when it comes. I'm just to trying some to find flaws schools. with the IHSA for for making two teams that. Per, uh, you mean like sending were, Quincy High down to Collinsville to play, or you mean Belleville, Belleville, or sending them to Belleville to play like Collinsville. Collinsville? Yeah, yeah, like that kind of problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could, I can absolutely see. Uh, why people had some issues uh, with that decision. That's not where it was scheduled to be. That was a relocation from Peoria, where it was actually scheduled to be, as far as that that sectional. Oh, we having problems in Peoria? Uh, Yeah, both teams didn't want to make the trip. So Morton was the... No, no, no. That was was Quincy High earlier in this week. This is QND tonight. So they're going to be playing in Morton against Washington. Two separate issues, uh, but travel nonetheless. So good luck to Coach Reese and his... QND Raiders as they go for that tonight. Good luck to your favorite team as uh, all that playoff action uh, on the football side underway this weekend. It's going to do it for us. Thanks to Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, here on uh, Talk Radio 930 WTAD, joining us on the morning meeting. If you missed anything from this week, you can always grab the last five podcasts that producer Josh has up for you at WTAD.com, or you can get the entire series wherever you get yours. Much more coming up Monday as we head into the home stretch mm-hmm. ahead of Election Day mm-hmm. right here on the morning meeting. Morning meeting adjourned. Join us again Monday for the best talk in the tri-state. The morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.